0: The start of a new year, 2015, can you believe it? And it's really half of January is also almost gone again. It just moves. It's, uh, it's amazing, every new year, it's amazing to, to start afresh. But this time of year is a great time to evaluate your life, to uh, take stock, what worked last year, what didn't work last year. And then uh, we know New Year's resolutions, Last a week or two, and then you just get busy again, and you and you just miss it. Miss then really go through with what you planned. So New Year's resolution in general isn't the best best way of going. But I want to I want to share with you this morning something that I feel God spoke to my heart. Even as we were driving to Mossel Bay, something really practical that each and every one of us can do. It's like really the I believe the best way to start this year. The best way to sort of, you know, position yourself for this year to get the most out of this year. Something practical that anyone can do. Like a young believer, a baby Christian can do this. A mature, super spiritual someone should also do this. Something really, really simple. And I'm going to share at the end of the message actually what that is. But, uh, But it's connected with this one statement. Consume the word... Until the word consumes you. So something practical I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you out of that. But it's consume the word until the word consumes you. And I'm, I'm going to share in February, we're going to doing a series about revival. And, and uh, I, I really had an encounter with God over December. Um, it's weird how to explain it, but something shifted in me. And uh, I, am, uh, I have a huge expectation for the next year. This is going to be a good year. This can really be a good year. So consume the word until the word consumes you. And it lays the foundation for, for, for this thing that I want to speak about this next few weeks. It's hearing the voice of God. It, you position yourself in that place where you can hear the voice of God. And uh, I've been reading through the book of Kings and Chronicles and through th- over the December, and it's, it's amazing. Every time it says, it's like there's chaos, there's confusion, it's this, this, the, the nation and the city of, cities of Israel are falling apart, and the enemies are slaughtering them, and, it's, and then they start calling out to God for, for deliverance. And then every time it says, and the word of the Lord came, and everything changes. It's amazing. Just one word. It says, and thus says the Lord. And it, it, it turned things around. It changed cities and nations. One word from God. And so I believe that's what we need for this year. You, you actually need to hear the voice of God. And I know we're all different levels and sort of, you know, some of us don't know God at all. Some of us um, know him from a distance. Some of us are on fire for him. And so I know it, it sometimes sounds, this whole thing about the voice of God. I'm going to unpack it for you the, over the next few weeks, but I want, to, I want to just give an introduction this morning just to show you. The voice of God is, is so the key. The voice of God is so the key to get direction for the year. You see, as I, as I prayed earlier, God is already in the other months of this year. He's already there. In February, he's already there. He knows what's going to come. He knows what's going to happen. He knows exactly. And he can prepare you. He can give you promises that anchor your soul and and pull you through those challenges. The voice of God. So there's three things, three three verses I want to share about that explains the power of the word of God. The first one in Genesis chapter 1. It says there, the first time in the scriptures where it says, and God said... Was that creation? And it says there, then God said, let there be light. And there was light. The first time it says, God said in the scriptures. And that's, that says to me that the voice of God is a light in the darkness. First time he said something was, let there be light. And so when the voice of God speaks to us, when God speaks to us, he brings light into our darkness, into our confusion. And also his word creates. When he said, let there be light, there was light all across the universe. Just his word. His word. Okay, so the word is a light. Then secondly, John 15 verse 3. It says, Jesus speaking, you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. So the voice of God cleanses us. Many of us are... Afraid that if God would speak to us, he's going to be angry with us. He's going to scream at us. And, but it's the opposite. Jesus said, the, the word, hearing my voice has cleansed you. Hearing my voice has cleansed you. Okay, so the voice of God actually cleanses us. It cleanses us. It is pure. It is freedom. You see, there's one way of knowing if God is speaking to you. When I'm saying speaking to you, sometimes it's just a, a gentle voice on the inside. If that voice on the inside condemns you, it's not the voice of God. You see, God is always always redemptive. No matter what you've been through, it's redemptive and He it's freedom. It's when you hear the voice of God, it's like, Yo, oh, that's freedom. That's liberating. That's good. The voice of God. And then thirdly, Joy. John chapter fifteen, eleven. It says, Jesus says, These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. The voice of God brings joy. The voice of God brings joy. And it says that your joy may be full. You see, when you and I hear the voice of God, it brings joy. It brings, as I said, freedom. It cleanses. It brings light into our lives, the voice of God. Okay, so I want to give you a parable or a metaphor. Uh, in October last year, Sonic and I went to, we in Cape Town, went to my brother-in-law's uh, his farm in Marmesbury. And he had these wheat fields. I'm going to put this picture on of these wheat fields. There we are. that you can see, we were actually there. I'm not making it up. So we were standing, walking in these wheat fields. It was like a month or so before harvest time. And it's, it's, it's an amazing feeling to be in the Lord's creation. So you, you hear the, the wind moving through the wheat. It's a beautiful sound. It's like when you stand there, you actually just want to close your eyes and you just expect God to speak to you any moment. It's like, it's like walking on the beach. You know when you when you hear the waves and the and the wind and the it's like you just feel a little bit closer to God. It's like that and so I felt this when we were walking through these wheat fields, it's like just like this feels like a God moment. So I want to use it as a parable for you. You see, you are a farmer. Do you know that? I know this is a shock for some of us. But you are a farmer. Every one of us is a farmer. You're a farmer and you are sowing seed. Every day of your life, you are sowing seed. Good seed, bad seed, but you're sowing seed. And as you're sowing seed and as you are nurturing those seeds, as you're cultivating those seeds as the farmer, then the the wheat comes up. If it's good seed, the wheat grows and matures. And then you have these beautiful fields. So you have these hectares of beautiful land. And you are sowing seed, sowing seed, sowing seed. So what am I speaking of? Your heart and your mind is like a few hectares of glorious soil, ready for seed, ready for seed. And then the seed is the word of God. If it's good seed, it's the word of God. If it's bad seed, it's the word of this world. But you're sowing it, you're sowing it into the soil of your heart and it's Moving is growing, it's growing and as you sow the good seed, as the wheat comes up, I believe what happens is if as the as the seed of the word of God grows in your heart and your mind, you create an environment on the inside of you, in your mind, in your heart, an environment, and then when the breath of God, the wind of God breathes upon those wheat, the wheat, then you hear the voice of God. It's creating an environment where you can hear the voice of God that brings transformation. Okay, so I want to hold this metaphor before you. You are a farmer, each one of us. The word of God is a seed. And we're sowing seed into our hearts every day, every moment of every day. Everything we're doing, we are, we're planting seed and nurturing different types of seed on the inside of us. Some of us are like challenged, if I can put it like this. We wonder, why does evil feel so, so powerful in our lives? Why does darkness seem so much stronger than the light? Why, why does God feel so far? Why does when I worship, I don't sense the presence of God, or when preaching is a bit boring, or I just, it's just when I read the word, it's not work, it's, it's, I'm, it's why? I want to I say to you, this is one main reason. The environment you've created on the inside of you is not conducive for the spirit of God to blow upon you. It's like, there are these crows of the evil one. And it hovers over our fields. And it's looking for a place to land. It's looking for a place to move in. And if there are seeds of this world planted and nurtured, it's got a gap and it comes and hello. And it, it eats up all your good seed. It destroys your crop because of all the worldly seeds that's been planted on the inside of you. But if we plant the Word of God, if we, if we nurture the Word of God, if we, if we hunger after the Word of God and we allow that to grow up, when the, when the dove of the Spirit comes, there's place to come and land. But for some of us, we're so we've got all the wrong crops. There's no space for God to come and land upon us, upon our hearts. So we need to consume the Word of God until it consumes us. Let's say that. Consume the word. Until it consumes us. Okay, so that's, that's, that's the key. And so you want all the soil of your heart, the, all the soil of your heart and your mind covered in good crop so that God can speak to you, so that the voice of God can minister to you. You see, consume, consume the word of God. It's like the word of God is like a seed, yes, but it's also like bread. Imagine yourself going, starving for weeks. You haven't eaten for weeks. And then you find your way to this bakery and they open the ovens and this fresh bread is taken from the oven. You're going to eat a little bit? Oh, that's nice. No, you're going to dive in. You're going to devour that bread till your stomach pains. But that's consume. The word is like, the word of God is like this glorious bread, this living bread. And we must consume it. We must consume it. And so this, the definition of consume, you see, if you, you must consume it, devour it until it consumes you. So definition there. Two parts of consume. The one is until it consumes you and it burns away everything contrary to the word. So you must consume the word until that begins to consume all the lies and the fears and the doubts. That, that it just destroys the, the, all the bad crops as it consumes you. So consume. Destroy everything contrary. And secondly, that you become possessed by its truth. That your, your whole being becomes, aligns, lines up with the word of God. It burns within you and every thinking process aligns with the word of God. That's to be consumed with the word of God. Every thinking process. You see, when I became a Christian at the age of 18 and even years later, it was shocking how messed up my thinking was. Even like, Five years ago, six years ago. It's, a, it's amazing that suddenly God brings new truth, fresh truth, fresh bread from the oven, oh, fresh revelation into our lives. It suddenly rewires you. It's like it just burned up a whole bunch of crops. Bad stuff. Gone. Oh, no, God's not angry. He loves me. Even when I've messed up, he's not angry. He loves me. He's for me. He's a good God. Oh, we just burn up all the lies that he's an angry God that wants to just hit us, you know. But truth, the truth of God, consume it. Consume the word of God until it consumes you. Until it consumes you. Until it consumes you. And so Jesus speaks about this. Matthew 4 verse 4. He says, he answered and said, this is when the devil came to Jesus and he challenged him to turn the the stones into bread. Because Jesus was fasting for 40 days. And he was testing Jesus to disobey God the Father. And so Jesus said that, but he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That is such a powerful verse. Man shall not live by bread. In other words, you you might be physically alive but you're dead on the inside. And then you're actually dead. Your external body could be decaying, but your spirit could be alive. You're alive. You're alive. So Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Not proceeded, proceeds from the mouth of God. So it's not the word God spoke 2000 years ago. It's not just the letter of the word. It's the word that the spirit of God breathes upon and makes it alive to you right now it resonates on the inside of you. you read the scriptures and you read this verse and it just resonates on the inside of you. It says, "Ah, oh, it's manna mm, mm, mm. feeding my soul. It's manna from heaven. It's living bread. That proceeds right now. It's written 2,000 years ago, but it's proceeding from the mouth of God right now as He breathes upon it. Man, a man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word, every word, every word, every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And so most of us are so full of other things that, like God can't, the Spirit of God can't get a landing space. He's looking for a landing space. He wants to come and rest upon the soil of your heart. He wants to flip your life around. I shared it on Christmas Day. I, I was sharing about Mary. And uh, she said, to, when the angel came to her, and she said to the angel, Behold, the maidservant of God, let it be to me according to your word." She, she made her calculations, and she said, God, whatever, let it be. Let it be with me. Let, let, let the child of God, the son of God, be, be birthed in my womb. And I was, I was preparing the message. I, I was just like speaking to God and saying, God, I've got nothing better to do. There's nothing better than you. Everything else tastes like stale, old, wormy bread. When you have tasted the, the manna from heaven, you don't want anything else. You want, you want, you want, you want to feed you want a God, it's all that I am, all that I have. You. You. And so I really believe God is saying, He's speaking at this time to us. He's saying to us, Consume my word until it consumes you. It will transform you. It will transform you. Consume. Consume my word until it consumes you. But you see, but the opposite is also true that man shall die or be tormented by the word of man. Or the word of this world. As I said, some of us wonder, why is the darkness so powerful in our lives? Why does it seem that evil is so strong? It's probably because of all this, all the seeds. So it's like the news, you know? You read the news, and you see, oh, another murder, another rape, another burglary. Oh. You speak to some friends saying, South Africa is going to the dogs. We must go all go to Australia. They said that twenty years ago. No way! All the fun is here. Australia's boring. I'd say that you bore you to death. Come on, let's have some fun. But but these these voices of people around us—it's like seeds we take and we plant it on the inside and we nurture it. You watch a horror movie. What do you? What's the message of the horror movie? The devil is powerful. Look at that. He's powerful. And so there's images and things. When you close your eyes, when you go to bed at night, it's like, "Mm, no, no, the devil's powerful. He's powerful. Lies have been sown into your heart. And what happens then? Fear comes. Fear explodes in your heart. Like the the, the crows of fear come and they find, yes, we've got some good crops for us there. And they storm in. And you've been reading lots of rubbish about this and that. And then, then doubts come in and there's access because you take take that seed and you make it yours and you you nurture it as your little tree, little bonsai tree, your little, oh, my fears. so wonderful, so comforting, you know? And we hold on to those things and then fear comes and anxiety comes and we hold on to, the economy is going down and my business is not going to make it. And, oh, you know and then you take that those seeds and you plant them the inside of your soul of the soul of your heart and then then anxiety comes and looks can it care? yes there's some good seed over here and it storms into your heart and you wonder why you feel freaked out anxious afraid doubting fearing faithless because you've planted the wrong crop if you plant the wrong seed you're going to get the wrong crop and if you plant the wrong crop, then you give access to the enemy into your life. Jesus said just before he was crucified, he said, The evil one is coming, but he has nothing in me. Nothing. There's no bad seed in the soil of my heart. He has nothing in me. I am consumed with the word of God. You become a different person. You become a different person when you consume the word of God until it consumes you you see but if you if you fill the soil of your heart with all these good crops then the seed of fear can't get place you've seen the grass you know you've, when there's not a lot of grass all the weeds can get in that's a bit like my soil my grass outside I'm not very big on gardening but I'm very big on the word of god <laughs> so so what are you planting in your soil? And what crops are springing up? What fruit is coming to life in you? It's amazing. When you take the word and you consume it, the word of God, and you consume it, and you consume it, and you shut down all the other voices. Oh, I, I'm just so full of faith. in Bad things even can happen, and I'm not afraid. It's just, it just doesn't... It can't be black crane. There's no space for it to get into your heart. And so some of us are anxious about this year. We are worried about what this year holds for us. Get the word in the soil of your heart. You won't be anxious. You will be full of faith. Full, full of faith. And so John chapter 15 builds on this. Verse 7, Jesus speaking says, If you abide in me... If you make your home in me, Jesus saying, and my words abide in you, my words find a home in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Isn't that amazing? This is when you become consumed with the word of God. Your whole being, every desire lines up with the will in the heart of God and so... You can speak, you can ask, he hears. If my word abides in you, and if, if you abide in me, and my word abides in you, my word finds a home in you. Does the word of God have a home in you? Or is your heart and your mind a home for every other rubbish on the face of this planet? Or do you set the soil of your heart aside God, this is yours and yours alone? No other seeds, no other lies, no other rubbish. Just you, God. say, by this my father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciple. Speaks about that harvest, that much fruit, as you as you nurture those seeds, it grows, it matures and until harvest time. And there's great, great fruit, this a massive harvest. And God says, This is how I am glorified. God wants you to bear much fruit. Much fruit. He wants you to. He wants his glory to manifest through you because then he is glorified. Let it fill you. Let it fill you. You see, this environment, this environment, when you have planted those crops, you've cherished them, nurtured them, cultivated the good word of God. It's, It's grown. Then you create an environment where you hear the voice of God. You hear the voice of God. And he hears yours. This is glorious. He hears yours. Your prayers just don't hit the ceiling. It's like, I know God is hearing me. I remember years ago, we, we came here to East London, but what, nine years ago, we had sent, brought a missions team and went to pray there near Hemingway's and one of the hills there. Not many mountains to choose from. And so we went to pray on the hilltop. And uh, we didn't know that we were going to come here. And, and as, we were, as we were praising God and we were worshiping God, and I was, and, and I was wondering... Does God hear us? I was wondering, does God hear us? And as I wondered, does God hear us? Then a scripture reference popped into my head in the Psalms. I don't know what's written there. So I opened my Bible, and I read it, and it said there, I hear you on the hilltops. That was so beautiful. No mountains, just hills. So I hear you on the hilltops. That was like, yeah, that brings joy. That brings joy, that, that brings light into your confusion. You ask God a question, he answers it. He hears our voices, especially when we begin to consume the word of God. You see, the challenge is we need to be patient, like a farmer. It's not like planted a seed. Hey, wait, what? nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. It happened this week. I've, I've, don't tell my son, I'm, I'm skinnering about it. But uh, we've been encouraging Vianney 6. We encouraged him to, to speak to Jesus. And we told him that he can hear the voice of Jesus. So he takes us very seriously. So he told all of us, you must now be quiet. I'm going to go upstairs. I'm going to speak to Jesus. And I'm going to listen to Jesus. It's beautiful. Anyway, so he went upstairs. And then later I heard he was very upset because Jesus didn't speak to him. So Sonica had to explain to him how this works and, you know, and, and that's what I'd say to us as well. It's if you if the crops of your heart are stuffed up, I mean, it's like worldly. Then it's a big surprise to hear the voice of God. But if your heart and your mind is full of the word of God, you can expect to hear the word of God, the voice of God. And so you must be like a farmer, be patient. You need to. Burn out the bad crops and you need to plant and nurture and cultivate the good word of God. Until that place, that moment where his voice speaks to you. His voice speaks to you. Next week I'm going to break it down and get into practically how to hear the voice of God and how God speaks. But so are we friends of God or are we afraid of God? Look at this verse, Exodus 33. Verse 9 and 11. Now, This is a friend of God, Moses. Such an inspiration. It says then, it came to pass when Moses entered the tabernacle. That was the place that was prepared for the presence of God. When Moses entered the tabernacle, that the pillar of the cloud descended. This is the glory cloud. God was within this cloud and the cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle. And it says, the Lord talked with Moses. This is amazing. Verse 11. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. That is like a high water mark on the old covenant, the Old Testament. That's like the ultimate. God speaking to a man face to face. Not in dark sayings or just visions or dreams, but face to face. Imagine we could be friends of God like this, that when we step into a place, the glory of God descends because we are there. Could it be possible that you and I could bless the heart of God so significantly that he would meet with us face to face? Face to I believe that's, that's, the, that's the ultimate. <laughs> As Moses. You see, the old covenant cannot be better than the new covenant. If it happened in the old covenant... It definitely happens in the new covenant. I'm going to read some stories to you in February. We'll speak about revival. Guys who met with the, with the Lord face to face and the incredible results that uh, flowed from it. Are, are you blessing God? Are, are you a person? Have you prepared the soil of your heart that God is drawn to you? It's like you're so hungry for him. You're so thirsty for him. It's like, God, this is, this is my prayer. This is my prayer. God, I want to see you face to face. I want to see you face to face. Before I die. Because <laughs> I'm going to see you face to face then, I guess. But I want to see you face to face in this life. Because I know when I see you, when I encounter you, you will transform me completely. And this world will get what will get what they need. This world does not need more of me. They need more of Jesus. Moses. The Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. Obviously, face-to-face, not like the ordinary thing. Um, Next week, I'm going to share about how God speaks in general. Genesis Genesis 3, verse 10. Now, let's look at someone who was afraid of God. So, you get the friends of God, and you get those who are afraid of God. So, he said, this is Adam in the garden. They've sinned, Adam and Eve. And then Adam hides. They hide away from God. Verse 10 says, so he said, I heard your voice. In the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. You see, the original plan was that that man would walk with God in the garden in the cool of the afternoon, again face to face, hearing the voice of God, interacting with God. Mankind sinned, the result was naked and fear and running away. If only they knew that the voice of God would cleanse them and set them free. Then there are others of us, we are afraid of of deception. I spoke to someone over this holiday, and uh, she said that, I I tell you, you you must seek the voice of God. And she said, I'm afraid. I'm afraid of deception. I'm afraid of being deceived. I'm afraid of hearing the voice of the devil. And going off track. I'll touch on that next week as well. But... A greater fear for me is to not hear the voice of God. Because then I'm blind, I'm clueless, I don't know which way I'm going or I need to go. When I hear the voice of God, it's worth the risk. It's worth the risk to hear the voice of God. And then another friend of God, Jeremiah 20. Jeremiah 20, or before that, Deuteronomy 5, verse 5. This is Moses speaking to the Israelites. and, And when they... They were afraid of the presence of God. So it said, I stood between the Lord and you at that time. This is Moses speaking. When he he stood on the mountain and the people said to him, no, you go, we're afraid. So it says there, I stood between the Lord and you at that time to declare to you the word of the Lord. For you were afraid because of the fire and you did not go up to the mountain. And so they spoke to Moses and said, Moses, you go. You go speak to God. You hear from Him. We don't want to. We're afraid. If we're afraid, we're going to die. And the same is so, it's nice. It's easy to be comfortable. It's like, let's listen to Andre. He's going to tell us the Word of God. Let's read a book of some anointed man of God. They're going to tell us the will of God. Let's keep things safe and comfortable. But I'm not desperate to hear the voice of God for myself. I'm like the Israelites of the Old Testament running away. Staying away, afraid, and in the process, missing out on everything. Missing out on the intimacy, the face-to-face with God. And it says that they were afraid of the fire. Some of us are afraid of the Holy Spirit. Some of us are afraid of the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit is the one that helps us to hear the voice of God. Okay, just this last last friend of God. Jeremiah 20, verse 9. Jeremiah was a prophet, and he was a very challenging time in Israel. He was called by God to tell all of Israel or Judah and Jerusalem, destruction is coming because of all your sins, because of your rebellion, because you don't want to repent. I'm going to wipe God said I'm going to wipe you guys off the face of the planet. You're going to go to Babylon. You're going to until you wake up because you don't want to repent. You don't want to repent. You're just rebellious. You are stubborn. And so God sends this prophet, Jeremiah, and Jeremiah speaks every day. As if from a young man, like for 40 years, he spoke in the streets. And they mocked him. They laughed at him. Imagine someone coming out to East London saying the whole place, there's armies coming and they're going to all take us away to another nation. We're like, are you nuts? And that's sort of the, the vibe, you know. It's like, are you crazy? There's no evidence for that now, like in, the, in, in our environment. But Jeremiah was a friend of God. And he had the word of God in this, on the inside of his heart. And look at the response. He like says, if you go read the context, he, he like says, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be quiet. I'm not going to do this anymore. But he says, but if I say, I'll never mention the Lord or speak in his name. His word burns in my heart like a fire. Let's say it like a fire. His word Burns in my heart like a fire. It's like a fire in my bones. I'm worn out trying to hold it in. I can't do it. And so he goes out again and he proclaims the word of the Lord. You see, there's a place where the word of God begins to consume us. That we don't care what people say. We don't care how much they mock. We don't care their opinions. Because their opinions don't matter in the context of almighty God. Consumed. Consumed. With the word of God, it's freedom. It's liberty. It cleanses us. It brings joy. It brings freedom. And then just the last verse, John chapter 16, verse 12 to 14. And I'll continue next week along these lines. This is Jesus speaking. And he says, just before he goes to the cross, he speaks to his disciples. And he says, I still have many Things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Isn't that interesting? I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. What do you mean, Jesus? You have spoken to us. However, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth. For He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. You see, there's a part of the body of Christ that says, it's only the written word of God. There is no voices beyond that. Jesus said, guys, when the spirit of truth comes, when the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to take of what is mine and declare it to you. The Holy Spirit, So the intimacy with the Holy Spirit, that wind of the Spirit that breathes upon the wheat fields, upon the word that's planted on the inside. of it. When the Holy Spirit breathes upon that, then he takes what Jesus is speaking and he releases it into our lives. One word from God has transformed cities and nations. One word from God can transform your life. And without it, you will die. Without it, you will miss your destiny. Without it, you will lose your way. Without it, you will become depressed and confused and unsure. But if you hear the voice of God, even when you're going through the valley of the shadow of death, the Lord says to you, do not stop, but go through the valley of the shadow of death. Because there's a wonderful feast on the other side. If you have that word, you can endure. You can go through the valley of the shadow of death. You need to hear the voice of God. We need to hear the voice of God. The voice of God. Okay, so practically speaking, this is what I, when I was, I was driving to Mossel Bay and as I was, I'm, I'm like praying to God and the Lord's been speaking to me about things and, and I'm like, okay, God, how are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? And the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and he said, memorize scripture. I mean, yo, I read scripture, but I realize I don't memorize it. I don't, I don't like, Consume it, and so what I've started to do, and this is my new year's resolution for the rest of my life. (sighs) I challenge you to do the same consume the word one scripture a day or two scriptures a day. You write it down, I put it on my phone, Evernote app, you put it on there. And every day I go back and I memorize the previous one again. I meditate, but I meditate upon it and I ponder it. But just one or two verses a day, sometimes I get excited, five. But uh, <laughs> keep it simple. But I can already see just from Christmas to now the transformation on the inside of me. Just because I'm not just scanning scripture. I'm taking one by one as I'm reading Something is highlighted by the Holy Spirit. That's a, it resonates within me. I take it, I copy it, I put it in my thing. And now I'm just every day for half an hour here, hour there, I'm just walking around, reading it, meditating, or declaring it, praying it. Until revelation explodes. You see, when you plant the seed, to get it to grow, to nurture it, you need revelation. You need to to meditate upon it until it begins to speak to you. Until it comes alive on the inside of you. Until you believe it with all your heart. Until it consumes you. I was thinking, if you do this for a month and you no change, then you can have your tithe back. (laughs) kidding, kidding. Kidding. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, the, the guys that sell things, I always tell you money back guaranteed, you know, so I'm thinking like this is a money back guaranteed. If this doesn't work, it does. The word of God transform you. It's living and powerful. Money back guaranteed. Money back guaranteed.